since they wanna know since they wanna know I said since they wanna know here's the formula on oh now let's go all right here we go we're open for business ladies and gentlemen I hope everyone is doing as well as they can be out there. We have a big episode here for you. We're diving in. I get my first virtual feedback session under my belt. So that's about as close as we're going to have a performance here in the near future. We have that raw audio plugged in. I work on the set that I had pitched Potatoes, I believe, in episode two. So if you haven't listened to episode one, two, or three, go back, give those a check, and from there... Uh, well, this whole thing will make more sense, but we get some solid feedback from some local comedians here in Chicago. Uh, the host of that feedback session, as well as the host at Joke of the Oak, where we were at the open mic from week one. So coming full circle here, four episodes in. Uh, Mr. Pat Truer, he'll be joining us a little bit later. We learn a bit about Pat, his background, how he got involved in comedy, to hosting open mics, providing an avenue for feedback sessions, such as the one that you'll hear here shortly. Uh, and Pat also shares some advice for staying sharp in this weird-ass time that we're all living in. So um, it's also nice not to just listen to myself talk the entire time. So I'd imagine that's also a nice refresher for you guys as well. But uh, without further ado, let's just get right into it. We're going to listen to the feedback sesh first, and then following that interview, we'll hear from Pat. All right, guys, check it out. Uh, Mr. Tim Mahoney, everybody. All right. So, hey, guys. Yeah, 2020. Marijuana's legal. That was some good news that started off the year. You know, it hasn't been so hot since, but you figure there are all kinds of ways now that people can medicate themselves in a time like this, feel a little bit better. But what did come to mind to me was now, given just the accessibility, at least here in Chicago, you could be sitting next to someone all day long, you know, working with them in your cubicle and they're ripped out of their minds. I thought Debbie was just chewing on some gum, but she wasn't. It was clearly a gummy of some kind and hanging out in the cubicle. I realized Debbie hasn't moved. You know, I just thought that they should, uh, excuse me. I thought that she was just chewing some gum. I realized that they had been staring at a fan for 30 minutes and I go, Debbie, Debbie, did you see my email? Debbie, she's two inches from her screen, not responding, and Debbie was high. So there's that. Um, back in the day, you know, I was a really, really hyper kid. Um, at the family parties, I'd get cut off for brown pop. There wasn't brown pop in my household. It was referred to as brown pop. It wasn't Coca-Cola or Pepsi. Anything brown had the caffeine, and I had to stay away, but... I mean, I'd be so hyper. I'd buzz across the tops of couches. My feet would never touch the ground. Um, and Sprite and 7-Up were my jam for the most part. I was forced to drink Sierra Mist, 7-Up, so on. But it made me think, too, with Sierra Mist, like as soon as that got invented, did 7-Up just give up? They couldn't handle it anymore. And it just faded away. And I, I do see it in the store here and there, but no marketing. So I Googled it, you know, for the sake of this joke. And a recent article came up and mentioned that 7-Up in Mexico was laced with meth and had been attributed to some fatalities. And my, the first thing that came to mind was just talk about a 7-Downer. It's supposed to be a comedy show. I don't like to talk about 7-Downers as much, but here we are. And he, I'll cut to this one. We have been obviously home quite a bit, uh, stuck together. You know, some of us with our significant others, some of us alone. 
Um, I am with my wife, which is great, but at the same token, um, a lot of things get a little bit heightened, like my mispronunciations, for instance. And it started with more so me saying COVID-19 as opposed to COVID. So I just had COVID in mind, kept that going, and it, it was irritating my wife, but then I realized I had also been mispronouncing other words regularly that I wasn't aware. Started with epitome, which is actually epitome, I've now learned, but I've been saying epitome for the better half of my life. Writing, reading, knowing epitome exists, but saying epitome. And then my wife was asking, well, this show looks good. I go, you know, add it to the K. Put it up in the K. Keep going in the K. She goes, what are you talking about? She said, the Q? I'm like, no, the Netflix K, like the what? What do you want to watch next? And just take me back to seventh grade Spanish class. That's all I got. All right. All right. Uh, comics, thoughts? Um, 7 Up. Uh, the only ad I remember, ever remember for 7 Up was a 7 Up, make 7 Up yours. That was like a big thing. Yeah. I could try to draw that back into a little wordplay with that. That was totally. what I think, I think of 7 Up. Yep, for sure. Um, I can I only can think of like maybe there's an angle of like they added uh, math to Seven Up to compete with Sierra Mist successful marketing campaign. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Interesting. And then like uh, just for the record, yeah, I mispronounced that word too. I would pronounce it a qui. Qui. Until someone corrected me. Nice. I was a grown man. I was like I was like 24 years old at a party. It was terrible. Yeah, I just didn't Devastated. know it was a Q. I didn't know it was pronounced Q. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, for uh, make seven up yours. I mean, if I mean that's still funny. Just the make seven up yours. That's <laughs> yeah. So, uh, if you're talking about how you weren't allowed to have brown pop, and then but you were allowed, you were allowed to have seven up. There's definitely racial undertones there that you can play with for sure. Uh, <laughs> that I think you should explore. Like you were allowed to drink the like essentially clear white, but like anything, any soda of color. Yeah. Right. Like I said, like person of color, like soda of color was not allowed in your house. Yep. That's great. Uh, I mean, if you can even like have like water fountain only, I mean, you can really get into that. <laughs> I would take, go back and look at just like segregation and like see if you can relate it to different sodas. Uh, you know, well, you're allowed to have fruit beer because that's brown, but it is caffeine free. I was, but I wasn't a fan. Well, okay, this is, kind of, yeah, this is the kind of question we got to work with. So this Thank is going to be Tim's homework. And then, uh, oh, yeah, the, the the line with meth, like the immediate image I thought of is like, just like, and so instead of like, soda already rots your teeth, but like soda with meth, like can you imagine the teeth rot? I think that should be something that you address in some form of like, yeah, it's like there's meth, like, because that's it. Like when I think of meth, it's teeth rot is the first thing I think mm -hmm. of. Uh, and so like soda and teeth rot, like that's a super combo and you can come up with a tag for the double teeth rot. Right. Beautiful. Thank you guys. So, I, yeah. I just had one other thing with meth in seven up. They used to put cocaine in Coca-Cola. Like, so even as a drug, you're getting a crappier version if you're going with seven up. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Terrific. Nice. Uh, all right, Tim Mahoney, let's go. Let's, let's give him a round, huh? So that is something that I can definitely see being very useful moving forward in terms of developing just, you know, even one-liner jokes or ideas that I have and in workshopping those and just getting some of those suggestions, knowing that I can give a lot of tales to the material and, and expand off of it. You know, I just absolutely love that. 
and just it reminded me that one idea can branch off always to explore, you know, a few dish, a uh, few additional layers. And, you know, we'll see how in the future I, I use some of those uh, ideas and suggestions and I'm going to try and apply them to some of the existing material. Uh, but without further ado, next we have the host of Joke at the Oak, stand-up comic, local Chicago guy, Pat Truer. And here we have Pat Truer. Pat Truer, welcome to the show. We're open for business. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining this week. Thanks for having me, Tim. Second go around, uh, you know, full disclosure out to, to the, the listening audience. It's the second go around for me and Pat having this discussion. I didn't hit the recording button the last time so i think that might be a rite of passage in the podcasting world um glad to get that snafu out of the way <laughs> yeah it's how how angry were you when you realized furious that? man like i almost started crying i'm not even joking just because like it was such a good convo yeah. and just realizing the fact that it it never showed up in the folder that i had it ready to rock in yeah. it was very defeating. However, here we are, we move forward and we live and learn. And that's what you have to do in the comedy game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Hey, Pat, yeah. honestly, I, I, thanks again for, for joining us. And I'm positive that we're recording this go around. Um, <laughs> yeah. But just for the listeners, if you could, can you just tell me a little bit about how you got your start in comedy, um, how you'd started doing open mics, how you started then hosting open mics throughout Chicago. Yeah, um, man. Really yeah. Explain that journey. Yeah, so I'm from I'm born and raised in Colorado, and I moved out here uh, about four and a half years ago to Chicago uh, because that's just kind of what my gut was telling me at the time was the thing to do. I I started doing comedy when I was 23, 22 uh, was the first time I got on stage at Comedy Works in Denver, right on. and there were 70 people there, and I had two minutes, and and I did great. Like I I, I look back at it now, and like it was the best feeling of my life. Oh, and then okay. the second time, yeah, uh, the second, I mean, it's definitely like, I look at it now and it's like, you can tell it's the first time, but it was right. like, it went really well. Uh, the second time was also at Comedy Works. It was, I had five minutes. It was a competition. It was a full house. There were 300 people there and uh, I blew the light, right? So I went way past my time. Uh, because I was doing so well, like everyone up to me had bombed. And so I was like, great. And I had like, I had 80 people in the audience that were there. Okay. To see me. So uh, that was in my favor. And I just totally disregarded the light, which I, I, my thinking at the time being a moron 23 year old was, I'm so great. They're going to let me do anything. Yeah. And that's not, that's not how it works. And so when like, they announced the winners of the competition, everyone was expecting it to be me. Uh, including me and then I did not get it and and they explained all oh, it's because I ran the light by two minutes yeah. and I wanted to cry I remember that I wanted to cry like I was like never I felt so defeated but yet it was my own defeat right and I was pissed so I got on stage again uh, the third time and I what at the time at the time I thought I bombed uh, it was crude material, right? And it was, you know, it's like sex through the eyes of a 23-year-old white male. So yeah. <laughs> not nothing unique about that. And um, I, I remember my mom said to me, if you ever do anything like that again, I'm never watching stand-up. You're a stand-up again. And, I, and like that was defeating to me at the time. And I look, I have it on tape. I look back, it wasn't that bad. I remember mm -hmm. it being the end of the world. 
I remember it being like, I can't believe this. Like I didn't get very many laughs. Like now that I've gone through so many open mics and shows, I'm like, oh, that actually was pretty good. But to me at the time, it was a disaster. And yeah. so I basically, I stopped. I, I just stopped doing stand-up and I instead went into the working world and became just a, a corporate guy. And then I went back, I got my uh, uh, master's in international business. So I went back to grad school and I just kind of got caught up in this thing of like, I got to go after the American dream. Like I got to make a lot of money. I got to buy stuff. And I got really lost in that for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And then I just became this like fat slob who was drunk all, all the time. And uh, I, you know, I had a blast. Don't give me yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> okay. But I was ultimately living this life that was not fulfilling in any way. And I was like, I got to do something about this. So I decided to move to Chicago. And at first I started doing classes at Second City and IO. because mm -hmm. I, I thought I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. But then as I progressed through that, I took a writing class at IO, Saturday Night Live writing class. And I realized like, well, all I'm doing if I want to be on Saturday Night Live again is like, again, if I want to be on Saturday Night Live, yeah. like I'm just, all I'm doing is asking for a job, like to go back into the office. Like, and I hate that. I hate having people to tell me what to do right. or moderating what I'm going to put out there. And so uh, I started my YouTube channel, Pat Chat. And then that's when I was like, you know what? I really want to focus on stand-up comedy. Uh, and because I was like, that is where I can do and say whatever I want. And like, it is entirely in my hands. And no one's going to really be moderating what I say or don't say. And, uh, and then so I left the corporate job and... Uh, that was in August of 2018, and then I fucked around for a while. I definitely partied a lot and just goofed around because I was in this newfound position of not having to work. Right. Um, and that was, I think it was necessary. That's why I say, as I say, it was stupid. It was necessary because then I just, I hit a point where I was like, I got to get my shit together. Like, I'm blowing such a unique opportunity. I got to do this here. And so then I just created this daily board where I was like, all right. I've got a goal. I've got 500 mics in the year of 2019 was my goal and wow. a, a daily board with a schedule of things to do and what I believe would help me get to that point. Uh, and then I started getting serious about it. Really. I mean, that was January, 2019. And so I hit 421 in uh, 2019, 421 performances slash mics. Uh, and that was because I was like, I got to do this. I got to get serious about it. So that's, Things really started progressing fast yeah, last I mean, year for me. Multiple, I mean, you were going multiple mics in a night, I presume. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do three, Monday through Friday. I do, yeah, I do four some nights. I do anywhere three to four. That was it. Like, wow. good night was four. I was happy with three. If I, I got two, I would be bummed about it. Right on. Yeah, and like that's like one thing I know like for, for me would be so difficult. And I, I don't, I know I'm not there yet. I just want to improve. But I mean, that's also some showing somebody who's totally dedicated and ready to put in the work. And you hear, you know, that quite a bit from, you know, just reading other comedians that are, have came up or are coming up. And that's really what it takes is that time and effort and the sacrifices to get better. Yeah. 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 I found that for me, like it was, I, I reached out to a bunch of comics before I really started diving back into this, just asking for suggestions and advice. And yeah. one, one said, um, have a goal every time you get on the mic. So that's really big for me. That's when I started doing that. 
that real things started moving a lot faster because I had a goal that was just for me. It was for no one else. So I don't really care about what is happening with everyone else. As long as I achieve my goal, whatever I set it out to be, I tell a new joke, do the wording differently, a new tone, riff, whatever they could be. Right. As long as I hit that goal. And I still, and that's something that I still do uh, for shows. It's right. like, right, I got a goal for this show. Like, I, I'm, maybe I'm going to do this set that I know the set, but I'm going to maybe hit this note a bit differently. Or like, I'm just going to do one thing differently. And for me, that's a part of the improving, getting better every time and like hitting the goals. And mentally, it helps a lot too, right? Now, obviously, with all this time, I've been reading a lot about the brain and mm -hmm. the importance of having goals. And when you achieve a goal, essentially the chemicals in your brain reward you. Okay. And it just like it helps like because that's a grind right so i did 421 mics and like that's a lot if you are starting out in comedy you're like 421 like and there's people who do way more than i have done in okay. a year uh you'd be like that seems like a lot and but it's like yeah if you look at that as its own it is a lot but then when you're going through it you set goals then your brain like it kind of it releases this chemical that like makes you feel like kind of stress when you're in the pursuit of something mm -hmm. and you obtain it it, it releases the dopamine that essentially says like, okay, like it's okay. You feel good. And you're, you're mentally stronger in terms of like, you know, you can keep going and you can do it. So like the more, and it's simple, right? The more I did, the easier it got. Right. Um, but that's not to say I'd like did awesome every time. I remember like Mike number 200 was the biggest bomb since I've moved to the city. Uh, right. <laughs> the only laugh I got was when I, at the end and I said, you guys are really good at being quiet. There you go. <laughs> That's the only laugh I got. So, uh, but having a goal and then just getting after it, man. And I would say like when I hit 400 for me was when I started to be comfortable talking on stage in my voice and being comfortable with my point of view and saying, you know what? I don't care if other people think this is funny or not. If I find it entertaining, that's all that matters. And like, I don't need to dress things up all the time. I can just be me and I can tell these stories. Yeah. Sometimes I got to insert punchlines and stories. But uh, it's like, I'm great with this. And like, and it, and it shows like my level of comfort on stage shows and that makes people more engaged and uh, willing to listen to what I have to say. Nice, man. Um, and to bring things a little bit more full circle and as listeners probably know at this point, but Pat, there, I came across Pat as he hosts the joke at the Oak. And that was the first episode of open for business when I went up and, and didn't do yeah. so hot. Now that said, I also blew the mic, which is a bit embarrassing on the first go around, you know, and I learned now I have to pay a little bit more attention to the light and so on. And with that said, now we're obviously not performing at any capacity. I mean, besides the virtual mics and such. So, and the listeners now had heard the feedback session that you had also put on, which we're all very appreciative of. But now, can you just maybe share a little bit about how you're staying sharp, how up-and-comers can stay, you know, sharper by doing these feedback sessions and um, just any yeah. advice you can give to people who are developing or struggling, you know, with a lot in terms of developing their material in this crazy-ass time? Sure. Uh, well, I mean, feedback, feedback workshops, uh, just like if you're in a community, a comedy community, Join that uh, group, Facebook group, whatever city you're in. And, yeah. and then like what we've been doing is that feedback mic, right? I just posted the day of. I said, hey, first four comics to respond are in. 
and then just do a Facebook message and keep it well run chart. So it's not wasting anyone's time. It's not just an excuse for people who are lonely to talk. Right. That sounds, sounds like a real dick, but like, yeah, it's, it's the objective. Like call your mom, call your friends. Like don't use this time to bullshit. I don't hang out with mini comics. I don't want to hang out with them. Like when I can't leave my house. Right. So it's like, totally. we're, we're all in this, like it's all mutually beneficial and it's fun, but like keep it well run. And so we did right. Three minutes person and about a minute of feedback afterwards on to the next one, on to the next one. Uh, and so, and you can do like, anyone can do that, right? They just, if they have Facebook, they can say, Hey, who wants to do a, a group feedback session for comics? Let's do it. And then they run it. And I would recommend no longer than three minutes because it's hard for everyone to remember uh, more than three minutes to give good feedback for. We tried it once with four minutes and it was too much. Like people like during the feedback, people couldn't remember everything that they wanted to say uh, because you know you got to make sure people are paying attention to when you run a feedback mic you got to say hey i need everyone paying attention don't right. fucking walk around your house right now or like don't like we need you in this spot and dedicated if you don't want to it's fine just we're gonna ask you to leave, leave this call uh and so like if you're running it you have to take a kind of an authoritative position of like this is how we're going to do this to avoid it being a waste of time uh other things to stay sharp i'd still for me no matter what is going on in the world read 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 a book right on read more books read the news read find a magazine that you like and just read because then the breadth of knowledge expands and you start finding connections between things like you have a story then maybe you're reading a book about butterflies and then all of a sudden like you're able to connect farts and butterflies right <laughs> <laughs> So it's just like, but you won't have that ability to make that connection. The brain's amazing how it works. And if, unless you're feeding it that information, you know, and you don't have to read like amazing stuff. Just read, just stimulate the mind. For sure. It could be a fucking comic book. It's like, just read, like, just use your mind. Don't let it dormant. Don't just watch a massive amount of TV. Like it's important also as a comic to know what's going on, like with things, right? So like Tiger King is huge, right? So like a couple Tiger King references yep. are like, but yeah, just read. And then other than that, that that's it, man. I'm, I'm starting to do some virtual shows. Uh, I'm going to do one on Instagram live on Friday uh, that I'm going to run. And we're going to see how that goes. I think that okay. will be a good thing in between, but uh, just find creative endeavors too, like keeping the mind sharp. You're doing this podcast, man. It's great. Um, every night I've been interviewing comedians around the country through Instagram live. Uh, and that's something that I didn't like. That's something for me that I didn't anticipate at all. Like right. I just started, like comedians in quarantine having cocktails, right? So I was like, I'm just gonna have drinks like virtually with comedians here in Chicago. And then after like two weeks, and I was like, I gotta look for more comedians. Like, uh, right. and then I was like, now we're what like four or five weeks in, and so but like now I'm starting to talk to comedians who have big followings and they're like full-time professional comics around the, around the United States. I got to interview Josh blues, my favorite comedian of one of my favorites of all time. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. And so it's like, just like you can do a lot of stuff with this time. It's just a matter of sitting down and uh, being like, all right, I need to like actively do something to keep my mind going. Right. on, man. Um, I guess too, one other thing I kind of wanted to hash out more for myself, but also, you know, for the listening audience, what some of the things that you think people, when we can go back up and get on stage, is there any, what can beginners and somebody starting out, where can they find comfort in, in confidence in getting up there as opposed to, you know, some people look polished and it's intimidating seeing those folks, but everyone's been in that, you know, first time, you know, first few times getting up there 
you know, once. That doesn't make yeah. any sense, but I think you know what I mean. If where do we, where can people find comfort and confidence getting up on stage for the first couple times? Sure. Uh, well, I mean, if it's the first time, you never go wrong saying this is my first time doing stand-up. True that. That is going to be the one time that you will get a room full of comedians to applaud uh, right away. Like, that's it. First time. So that, and then just remember that, like, you're doing it, and it's hard to remember this, but you're doing it for you. You're not doing it for the people there. Uh, and it's very, very hard to remember that many times when no one's laughing and you're like, but I don't even like doing this. And you're like, but ultimately like there's something that pushed you to get on that stage and to make you do it. And it's for you. It's for your happiness. It's not for the happiness of others. And remember that. And like, if you can go at it with a goal and have a goal. So if you're a beginner, you say like, my goal is to go up and do three minutes or my goal is to like do one minute with like no notes or like just something small and achievable that you can do every time. Uh, and then I would say have a goal of bombing on purpose once. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was my absolutely. next question. It was like, how do you do, how do you move forward from a bomb? And I know in the last conversation we had, you had mentioned along is like, you almost have to embrace it. Yeah, you gotta embrace it. Yeah. You gotta be like, Hey, this is going to happen. Um, it's going to happen in an open mic all the time. It's going to happen. I mean, remember that. It's going to happen. What feels like a bomb in an open mic is going to happen 50% of the time at least. Um, and it's, don't, it's hard not to just get discouraged by it. And my suggestion to not get discouraged by it would be to say, stick with, have a goal. You have a goal, you have something like just make sure you achieve that one goal that you have because then it really doesn't matter. And then you just get more comfortable. You like, all right, why was that a bomb? Like maybe, you know, maybe no one was paying attention, which is very common at open mics. Uh, but maybe you could learn something of like, oh, like just hearing yourself talk out loud. Really, that's another part of open mics is they're for you because you're there and it's you getting a gauge on listening to yourself in front of people and getting comfortable there. And you're like, you start to know, you're like, oh, I, I, I talked for a minute with no punchlines. Right. And I didn't give any good information. I just talked and didn't give any information, nor did I say a joke. But it takes you getting on stage to do that to realize like, oh, well, shit, that's why. Yeah, that's, that's really one of my, the takeaways I had from just the few weeks back was I went up there in a storytelling fast, like fashion and did not get to the beats that I wanted to. I didn't get to the funny parts and I kind of got lost in just the, the nerves even, even so. And I wasn't organized and wasn't ready to go. So I didn't have my story even well enough hashed out to tell a group of my friends, let alone a group of comedians and strangers. Yeah. And that was one thing that I, I learned right off the bat was just, I don't, I'm not Mike Birbiglia. I don't have that kind of time and I don't have that kind of genius to break yes. up a long story and make it work over the course of three, four minutes. Yeah. But no, so that was my biggest takeaway was one, be organized too. Now I'm going to have a little bit more goal, goal oriented at each open mic I do when we can. And, you know, we'll see how we can improve from there, but even the, the feedback mic was probably the most valuable thing I've done. Um, and all the time I've done any kind of comedy. I've only done a handful of open mics years ago. And Joke at the Oak was really the first time I consider, you know, in four years, a, a legit show that I was at. And um, yeah, that's just, 
the feedback session was beyond what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be kind of like me going up, pitching the, reading off some jokes that I have. And then you guys just giving, you know, just canned feedback. But this go around was, I could take little layers of each and expand for seven more minutes on a one-liner. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's uh, well, yeah. Cause you had the story, right. And we talked about that. Your friends, when you're telling a story, you tell a story to your friends, your friends know that if you're telling a 10 minute story, that there's a payoff. The end. They know right. who you are. They know the way you think. They know why you have certain views on certain things as opposed to a room full of strangers. Zero idea who you are. So you have really, we'll say four minutes to get them on board, to get them to understand uh, and to like make it why it's funny that you see something the way it is. And that's because that's your, your unique point of view. But like you have very few words to use to get them on board. And like, right, it's, it's the whole like they're going to decide if they like you or not within yeah. the first 20 seconds uh, and then how much they pay attention to you. And so... Uh, oh, also uh, good advice for people starting off. Be aware of how you sound on the microphone. Be aware that if you're talking into it loud enough or not loud enough, or mm -hmm. if it's uh, bursting out, uh, right? And some people, they rest it on their chin, right? Which I hate that, but it's like, does it sound like this? Or is yeah. it, can you barely hear you? And like, be aware and like, just get comfortable. Use some of those opportunities on stage where you're going up to just get comfortable with hearing you as you're speaking. Because one, it's going to make you a much better performer. And then you're going to have the ability to take the stage in a room that maybe is like off. And maybe the comic before you was like, not was talking to himself. Mm -hmm. And you get on and you boom, you're loud. You're going to get people's attention right away. And so you have to be aware of how you sound in the microphone. Getting comfortable with the microphone sounds... It's silly, but it's really important, like especially for the sound aspect too, because if it, if it sounds bad, people don't want to listen to it. it right could on, be man. Great stuff ever, but it sounds terrible. No one gives a shit. Yeah, very interesting stuff. And if you could just rehash too, where could people find you? I know once Joke at the Oak gets back up and running, I'm sure you'll be doing that on Wednesdays, but where could people find you in general? I know you're, you'd mentioned comedians in quarantine getting coffee. Yeah, we got, well, comedians in quarantine having cocktails, so that's... Oh, cocktails. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I had to take a break from the booze because it was like drinking every night with us. I was like, I need a break. I hear you. Uh, um, yeah, so on Instagram, real funny Pat, all one word. Yeah, that's me. And that's where I'm doing all those episodes. And then uh, at Joke at the Oak, that's when we get back going up. But really just on Instagram, real funny Pat. Uh, if you want to watch some stupid... Uh, YouTube videos I did, Pat Chat, P-A-T-C-H-A-T, all one word on YouTube. Awesome. All right, Pat, I can't thank you enough. This is your second go around open for business. <laughs> I think you are going to be a member of the Better Business Bureau moving forward. Oh, it's uh, terrific. Thank you thank so you. much. Yeah. This time I'm, it's recorded. I'm positive. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Thanks a lot, man. I hope to see you in person real soon. Yeah, Tim. Thanks for having me, man. Again, to, to Pat Truer for joining us here on Open for Business. I cannot express enough how deflating it is to record an interview and realize that you never even hit the button to record. So, you know, live and learn. I was so steamed. However, if that's the worst thing that's happened to me this week, I think I'm going to be doing all right. But all right, gang, that's about all we got. Very good stuff from Pat. So go check him out on Instagram and all the other avenues. We have 
Um, but exciting stuff coming up for next time. We're going to have Quarantades back in studio. And if there's any suggestions or ideas any of you guys have out there, please reach out. It's open for business pod. That's open the number four business pod at gmail.com Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at T business. Uh, thanks again too to no one Mike for the feedback session and Pat as well. But yeah, until next since time, they want to know since they want to know I said, since they want to know here's the formula on hold. Now let's go. Standing a 5 8 stature, back with a second album supplying your fear factor. But Joe ain't the host, my nigga. You have access to the most noted flow on Shady's faction. I ain't being cocky, if so, set my apology. Except, no, I process my thoughts logically. First week sales, talks to told from Tsunami. But haters like to yell, it's the white boy behind me. But you couldn't inhale a flow that's more grimy. It would still prevail if another label signed me. Obi so timely, must Obi remind him. The first nigga to shine solo from the place you find him. Native Detroit, a ghetto reporter. Hit you with some heavy metal for supporting with your quarters. A little something different from the homie from Michigan. Basically, Obi's ripping on any instrument he's giving. Somebody's lying, I'm undenying Denying me means that the driver got influence over you on certain things Be distinguished, just cause you ain't feeling his favorite MC Don't mean you speak no English Hop out the car, catch the bus At least you be established as the man that you are I hate to take it so far and so tedious But niggas bleed like bitches, I'm truly believing this Once a month, they wake up with a OB tampon Inserted in their nuts Give them the flux, cause my bucks is up. And no, this ain't eBay, so please be easy. Gotta be delusional to think OB is losing, yo. Let them get a whip of some shit, they quick to abuse it, though. When I hit him with Van Helen, but it's just a man from the ghetto rebelling. Rebel without a cause, cause I'm in them Superman drawers running around the shack. Mama had his living, now your man's living an inch from truly killing him. All due to ambition, a gift given from the man who invented him. When the system screws just like Lil Tim and him, but bless the child who maneuvers the senses then. Venom had them same dudes interested in them. My vision's unlimited, music's my outlet. I rock an outfit for all the foul shit I witness.
business Make it my business to get a listener One clear description If you're hearing them, you will catch what I'm pitching Guarantee it serve your addiction Come on Since they wanna know